0: This is episode 60 of The Leader. We've been publishing our news analysis and commentary every weekday at 4 p.m. for the last three months, and we will be back after the Christmas break. In the meantime, tell us what you think. Go on social media and use the hashtag TheLeaderPodcast to tell us what you like and what you don't. And of course, subscribe through your favourite podcast provider and give us a rating too. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland. Addiction warnings will start appearing on opioid painkiller packets in the UK as a direct result of an evening standard investigation.
1: Contains opioid, can cause addiction. Five simple words, this little box. It is part of an arsenal of weaponry that can head off the problem.
0: Our investigation's editor, David Cohen, talks to the leader about his struggle to get regulators and drug companies to make a change that will save lives. Also, I'm delighted to
2: announce that the next governor of
1: the Bank of England will be Andrew Bailey.
0: Chancellor Sajid Javids named Andrew Bailey as the next governor of the Bank of England. We asked The Standard's business news editor, Alex Lawson, if it's a good choice. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is the leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, the five words that will save countless lives and how the Evening Standard put them there.
3: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. About two weeks to get addicted. Within a year and a half, I'd lost everything. My family, my business, most of my friends. So I kept saying that I was going to stop, going to stop, going to stop. And I didn't, because you could, I couldn't.
0: Last year, Philip Hopwood spoke to the Evening Standard about an opioid addiction that cost him a six-figure salary, his home and his family. It started when he was given morphine in hospital after a burst appendix. Soon he was picking up his drug from a dealer on Oxford Circus.
3: I wanted to stop taking it myself because I realised that I'd become an addict. So I wanted to stop, so I just stopped. And I got really severe withdrawal symptoms within 24 hours. So it's shaking, um, insomnia, anxiety, panic attacks and near, near anesthesias, so I had to go and get some more straight away.
0: The Evening Standards investigation, led by David Cohen, revealed an unpublicized, enormous and growing problem with opioid addiction in the United Kingdom. It also identified one small change that could help, an addiction warning on packets. More than a year later, that's what's happening, and our editorial column is welcoming it.
4: The appearance for the first time on opioid packets of warning messages stating contains opioid can cause addiction is a life-saving change that will have lasting benefits for decades to come. It is a wonderful step forward, for which the regulators' concerned should be congratulated, and a great victory for this newspaper, which has played a game-changing role in securing the reform. We revealed in March 2018 how the pills manufacturers were failing to tell users about the full extent of the danger they posed, even though the same drugs were required to carry such messages in the US. The first packs with the new message are finally starting to appear in chemists, We are delighted and proud that our efforts have helped achieve such a valuable advance. Well, our
0: Investigations Editor, David Cohen, is here to talk about his work. And David, what's been achieved here?
1: So addiction warnings have begun to appear on the front of prescription opioid packs dispensed on the High Street for the first time. Um, And this will be arriving at pharmacies in time for Christmas. So these five words contains opioid, can cause addiction, are now in place directly as a result of our game-changing 2018 investigation, which we called the opioid time bomb.
0: I'm interested in why it took an investigation by the Evening Standard to make this happen, because these five words, they're very simple, they don't take up a lot of space, they appear on packets in America. Why the reluctance here? In the UK. In America, the same drugs,
1: the same highly addictive, most potent opioids, have addiction warnings on the box. They're called black box warnings. And in this country, as we pointed out in our investigation, none of the boxes of the most potent prescription opioids had any mention of the addictive nature of these drugs or the addictive potential of these drugs on the box and when we first approached the regulator they were resistant they said no they were very happy with um, how things were but after our article and the pressure of our investigation to their credit they immediately responded set up an expert working group who deliberated for about nine months getting all the evidence and then basically decided that they agreed with the Evening Standard and set in process a system whereby the pharmaceutical companies were asked to change their labelling. It was done on a voluntary basis. All the pharmaceutical companies agreed, so no sanctions had to be imposed, and they were asked within three months of agreement to make the changes, and these these new packs are now beginning to hit the high street not all at once they've all hit it, not all at once because
0: different manufacturers have different manufacturing schedules there is another issue in that these painkillers are being given to people who kind of don't need them are we are we prescribing too many well that's that was the context
1: of this investigation we revealed that there had been an 80% increase in Prescription opioids in the UK in the last ten years, and about twenty-three million prescriptions were being issued. And our research and the scientific evidence was showing that in ninety percent of cases, these drugs were entirely useless. They were no better than a hot water bottle than a placebo. People get onto these drugs, and then they start. If they don't work, they up the dose, and they up the dose more. And that is the, the problem.
0: There were high-profile cases of people dying following painkiller addiction. So it's a genuine, serious, and very large problem. Uh, absolutely.
1: Over 200,000 people killed in the U.S. And we have to be smart. We have to avoid that here. And that is why Matt Hancock, the health secretary, has gone um, on the record today praising our campaign praising our investigation and saying he absolutely uh, insists on these warn, these these uh, addiction warnings being prominently displayed on uh, prescription painkillers
0: prominently displayed but you know not taking up a massive amount of space not a really long sentence and yet it likely will save lives
1: i hope so i think that it's one of the things that i'm most proud of in the 10 years of investigations I've done on the Evening Standard. These five simple words, this little box, is something which I tell my children is a legacy of the investigative work that we have done. And I really think that it is part of an arsenal of weaponry that can head off the problem and save lives.
2: next. He's from Leicester. Uh, He's a West Bromwich Albion fan and West Brom riding high in the league in the championship so we'll be hoping to uh, bring some of that buoyancy to the financial markets. Our business news editor Alex
0: Lawson looks at the career of Andrew Bailey including why the next governor of the Bank of England is known as the big sexy turtle. Andrew Bailey has been announced as the next governor of the Bank of England. He's currently the head of the Financial Conduct Authority and has been chosen over a wide field of speculated candidates, including the deputy governor, Dame Manoush Shafiq, and chairwoman of Santander, Baroness Vadera. But announcing the decision at Westminster, Chancellor Sajid Javid said Mr. Bailey was the clear frontrunner. When we launched this process, we said that we were looking
1: for a leader of international standing, with expertise across monetary,
0: economic, and regulatory policy. And in Andrew Bailey, we have found just that. Here's what The Standard thinks.
4: The next governor of the Bank of England, Andrew Bailey, would be the first to say that unlike current governor, Mark Carney, he is not a rock star of the central banking world. Nor does his appointment as a middle-aged white man break any glass ceilings. But that doesn't matter, for he is that even more important thing, a dedicated public servant with good judgement. With a lifetime in and around the Bank of England, Mr Bailey proved his mettle as a steady hand in the heat of the financial crisis. When Mr Bailey was asked to become head of the FCA towards the end of 2015, he didn't really want the job. He knew he was taking a risk with his career in taking on such a noisy, difficult role. But he was told, directly, that his country needed him, and so he did his duty. He only asked for one thing in return, that he be considered a candidate for the next governor of the Bank of England. The then-Chancellor promised that he would be. Two Chancellors later, that promise has been more than made good. We welcome Bailey of the Bank.
0: Our business news editor, Alex Lawson, is here. Alex, who is Andrew Bailey?
2: So, Andrew Bailey is currently the chief executive of the Financial Conduct Authority, the City Watchdog. Uh, His name has long been in the frame for this job. It feels like a lifetime uh, that we've been waiting for the announcement of Mark Carney's successor. The decision has been delayed and delayed because of that word, Brexit. Uh, And now we finally have that clarity that everyone seems to hope for these days. Uh, We were expecting Carney to step down on January 31st, of course Brexit day, as it may be. Uh, That will now take place in March to give a bit of time for the handover. And of course there's a vacancy at the top of the FCA as well that needs to be filled and the government will be involved in that decision. Uh, Bailey himself, he's a bank lifer. He joined the Bank of England in 1985. He knows it inside out. The Bank of England uh, is of course the bank that oversees uh, all the banks in the UK and steps in when there's uh, things like the Northern Rock crisis and of course uh, sets interest rates. Um, Bailey, as I say, is is from uh, Leicester. Uh, He's a West Bromwich Albion fan and West Brom riding high in the league in the championship, so we're hoping to uh, bring some of that buoyancy to the financial markets. Uh, But yeah, he's very much seen as a safe pair of hands uh, in this process that uh, has, has been interesting at times as the bank looks potentially to have appointed a woman, but uh, instead, in the end, selected Bailey. Is a safe pair of hands what is needed when we're heading into some fairly uncharted (laughs) waters with, with Brexit? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we see so much so much fireworks coming out of Westminster, but really, Bailey is going to offset that. You know, we saw uh, with the appointment of Mark Carney, uh, a different breed of governor, an international, uh, what's called a rock star central banker, and there are a few of them around the world. But Bailey is a more low-profile kind of... Person, um, but nonetheless is uh, seen as a sort of fair umpire in the city uh, that people like. He's also got this nickname of the uh, big sexy turtle, which was handed to him by Mark Carney, and he will need a thick skin uh, in doing this job. He, his the only thing that sort of ran up to his candidacy that might have affected him uh, was a couple of scandals in the city over the last year, namely the, the London Capital and Finance uh, scandal that we've led on in the paper and also the Neil Woodford uh, blow up in his fund. Uh, Bailey's handling of those two has been questioned.
0: What's Mark Carney's legacy?
2: Heading off there, heading off to do whatever it is you do when you leave the Bank of England, what's he leaving behind? Yes, what Mark did next will be an interesting one to look out for. Lots of speculation around that already. Um, Carney, his legacy is really about modernising the bank. This is... Uh, a centuries-old institution uh, that's dealing with a market that's changing rapidly. We're seeing the rise of things like uh, cryptocurrencies and different ways of lending, and the bank has to be agile and keep up with that. And, and he's been at the forefront of dealing with that. He's also been very vocal on things like climate change, um, which is a sort of personal passion of his, uh, which has been an interesting area for the bank to step into. One small part of his legacy is this nickname that he earned himself, um, the unreliable boyfriend. Uh, This was to do with his introduction of forward guidance on interest rates. Uh, It was seen that he was setting out the bank's forecasts uh, and then having to revise them all the time uh, to the point where people were getting quite annoyed by that. One of the things that Bailey needs to deal with is, is giving a bit more clarity to the market on where interest rates are heading. And that's the leader. Try out our
0: morning news bulletins through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from the evening standard and subscribe to this podcast through your podcast provider to make sure you don't miss an episode. We're here every weekday at 4pm.